0: Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton Studio today.
1: I'm Darren Hefty, and I'm Brian Hefty. Thanks for joining us today on the show. We're going to talk a little about soybean herbicides. Now, if you're not a soybean farmer, I would just tell you many of these same herbicides get used either with the same name or with a different name and a different label in other crops. So there are a lot of these lessons we'll talk about today that can get applied to a variety of different crops. But if you've got any questions about that or anything else that's happening on your farm, you can certainly give us a call, 844 44 ag That's 844-442-4743. You could also email us, radio at agphd.com, or send us a note on Twitter, AgPhD Media, Darren Hefty or Brian Hefty. Well, with soybean herbicides, part of the reason why we're talking about this today is because your herbicide program for next year in soybeans may start right now. And you might go, what the heck are you talking about? Well, here's what I'm talking about. There's a lot of fall application that gets done for winter annuals and perennials and even some summer annuals because there are a few of these herbicides that get used in soybeans and in my opinion are underused in soybeans, but they've got tremendous residual. The yellows, that's number one on my list. And I would And I don't know what the percentage is. And, Darren, maybe you can correct me if you think you've got a different number, but I'll bet you that only 10% of the soybean acres in the United States today get a yellow. And by yellow, I mean trifluralin, prowl, or sunlight.
0: It's it's a pretty low percentage. And I think back to a generation ago, that number would have been really high. would have been a very, very high thing. And one of the reasons why... Besides just being effective weed control, but one of the things that farmers would say back in the 80s and 90s when Treflan or Trifluralin would have cost about the same per acre as it costs now, they would have said, oh my goodness, it's such cheap weed control. And I look at what bean prices were back then versus what they are now it's even cheaper today. By today's dollar, it's way cheaper than it was then. And farmers just one generation ago would have said, man, you can't skip that. It is so inexpensive and does such a nice job. So I agree with you. I think that's a real big one that, I don't know if the number's 90%, but I wouldn't be surprised if it is. 90% of the guys are missing it.
1: So, our advice to you always when you're planting soybeans, and I do mean always, I don't care what the situation is, we want to see three pre's out there. And those three pre's should include Metribuzin, one of the PPOs, either Authority or Valor, and then one of the yellows. Trifluralin is the the conventional till one. Prowl's the no-till product. Now, if you really want to, if you say, well, boy, I'd like a higher rate than I, I want to use Uh, I want to use trifluralin, but I worry about carryover, so I'm keeping the rate down to a pint and a half. That's what we do, just for example. But you say, I want more weed control out of the yellow, then switch to sonalan. You can use a higher rate and... You're going to have Sonolan is actually the best of the three products. It even has activity on black nightshade. It's better on many of the small seeded broadleaves. It's just the most expensive.
0: You mentioned this, though, Brian, that a lot of these herbicides or active ingredients for sure can be used in a bunch of different crops. And Sonolan is one of them that I hear guys in a lot of different crops saying, that's my go to product. Mm -hmm. And it works really well. And it's, yeah, like I say, there there are a, a few slight advantages over trifluralin, but. It does come at a premium price, too.
1: Yeah, but anyway, we like those yellows because a lot of people today have switched over to group 15s, and that's fine to use some group 15 in soybeans, but you're already using group 15s in corn. By group 15s, I mean dual, harness, outlook, surpass, zidua, and then in soybeans, specifically labeled in soybeans, would be warrant, just as an example. Well- I mean, if you want to use a group 15 early post in soybeans, great. And we'll probably talk about that a little bit today. Layering residuals, uh, you, you get longer, or I should say, you get more late season weed control. All great. But pre emerge, we want you using a yellow. The yellow's better than the group 15s on grass, the yellow's better on than the group 15s on small seeded broadleaves. It's the way to go. Darren just mentioned, though, you can use these yellows in different crops. So I think about sunflowers when Darren mentioned land, for example, but lentils, field peas, dry beans. Uh, I I mean, there are so many, uh, canola is another one. There are so many different crops that the yellows can be used in, but a lot of people in the United States are rotating corn and beans. Well, You can't use a yellow in your corn, so it's really nice when you do use it in the soybeans because it's not getting used constantly like the group 15 is. But anyway, when it comes to soybean herbicides, we'll be talking about that throughout the show today. Right now, let's get to the Ag PhD Mailbag.
0: All right. Get this one in from Douglas. He said, or Doug, he said, Hey guys, I've been listening to your podcast about fall tillage. This would have been yesterday. So my, my question is how can I get uh, our case IH Tiger to penetrate uh, through irrigated rock-hard ground. For some reason in my area, I've got hard soil. I do have a good tool, but I, I just can't get down. Man, if I can get 12 inches, maybe a little bit okay. more, that's,
1: that's about it. All right. Well, first of all, when it's dry, everything's going to be harder, and it has been dry lately. One of the biggest things, though, we want you to look at is calcium. If you don't have calcium, at least at 65% in your soil on your base saturation test, and preferably 75%, then you need more calcium. Gypsum's probably the way to go, but it might be lime if your pH is low. On top of that, over time, we'd like to see you try to build soil organic matter. If you do that, your soil will be softer and more resilient. So those are just some of the things I would look at. Compaction could be really bad for you, maybe because drainage is poor. I don't know. So we'd always encourage you take a look at tiling and then staying off the field if it's wet.
0: All right, uh... We got a lot to talk about here today with soybean herbicides. We started just talking about yellows, just one tool, and one thing we didn't mention, Brian, you know, when you talk about Sonland, trifluralin, those have to be incorporated. And I know for some guys that whenever we talk about yellows, they say, "Well, that's why I quit using yellows because I'm doing no-till or reduced-till." You still have pendimethalin or Prowl as another option in that family. So there, there are some other choices. We'll get into uh, a lot of different choices on today's program. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. Stay tuned.
2: When it comes to mites in your field, you can't afford a solution that might work. That's why there's ZealPro Aside from Valent USA. With next-level knockdown and long residual control, you can be sure to handle spider mites at all stages of life with complete certainty. With efficient translaminar activity, apply by ground or air, and confidently attack mites where they are. Make ZealPro the definitive answer to your mite problem. Visit valent.com slash zealpro to learn more. Always read and follow label instructions.
3: Do you have crop failures due to flooding, drought, or another event? You may need to consider a better burn-down regimen. Adding just two ounces of New Farm Panther SC to your tank mix not only provides faster results, it provides residual that lasts. You gain flexibility to keep your cropping options open. Ask your dealer for Panther SC and get Panther Power in your tank.
4: Go long for season-long foliar disease protection that starts at plant. Only Zyway brand fungicides from FMC provide season-long foliar disease protection from the start. Active ingredient Flutriafol moves through your corn plants as they grow for inside-out protection from roots to tassel. Growers and retailers are sharing their Zyway brand fungicide success stories at zyway.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions.
0: Back, you're listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today, talking soybean herbicides. And here's a great time as you get out with the combine, you're looking at those soybean fields, and you say, Man, my weed control wasn't good enough. Or you might be thinking, My weed control was awesome. I did a great job out here. Uh, if you want to share some of your tips, we would love to hear what's working on your farm, or if you got questions on particular weeds. We'd certainly take those questions as well at 844-44-AG-PHD. Uh, let's head down to North Carolina. got Kevin Matthews on with us right now. He's with the Extreme Ag Group. Kevin, how you doing?
5: Doing fine, sir. How about you guys?
0: Pretty good. So did soybean fields stay clean in North Carolina this year, or was it a challenge?
5: It was a challenge due to May and June being extremely dry and hot. And they just growed so slowly that uh, we, we had one field in particular, Daniel, and I went by yesterday. I said, I don't know how there's soybeans there. I said, we sprayed that thing five times and uh, even had my neighbor go by and spray it for me. I said, just spray it. I'm tired of looking at it. I said, I can't get the sprayer there quick enough. The deer was eating the beans and the weeds was growing and the beans just sit there. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been a challenge.
0: Yeah, those four-legged weeds out in the soybean fields, they can be a problem too.
6: Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
0: <laughs> All right. So, Brandon Stock and Pries, as we got the show kicked off today, what do you like for Pries? What's worked for the weed spectrum you've got? I'm assuming pigweed is the worst, but there's probably a few other weeds we might not have out here in the Dakotas.
5: Yeah, yeah, you know, pig, yeah. Pigweed absolutely is always a tough one, and and the tail is a real bad one for us. We're starting to see water hemp more prevalent. Um, not like you guys, but those other two are. Are, they're tough I mean they there's you just got to stay on top of them and the prees and the cover crops cover crops are huge for us here in the south if we can keep that sunlight from hitting the ground and then get a good pre out there as well for our farm we've been using um, surveil and we've um use envive use you know different products and valor type products and um they work pretty well unless you get a really heavy rain and then they move it around and you can you might see some damage in the stand where the water moves it around with you, um, but it's it really works great. Um, it makes it easier, but it's not a cure all. You still, twenty one days later, we need to be right in that field with putting a good post out.
0: Are most of the guys in your area using an Enlist or an extend? And if so, is there one that's kind of taking the lead?
5: Yeah. Well, the extend so. You know, Brian, you got your group threes, fours, twos, ones, and you guys, I don't even think y'all have a group up there sometimes up towards Canada. But um, so it depends on the varieties that they've got. Everyone pretty well extend wide open. And then with our dicamba issues, they're heading strong towards enlist. But we're just now, for 2022, 2023, having that opportunity to get late – latest genetics of those late x-series genetics extend genetics you would say in the in the enlist program so we're kind of being forced to go the enlist route Um, but both of them work really good for the weeds that we have but our big concern is is drift with sensitive crops and therefore i would think the enlist is going to be more prevalent
0: yeah, it's interesting. Every state seems to be a little different. Like you mentioned, when you're in an area, it's got a bunch of different sensitive crops out there that that certainly changes the game on what a guy can do post-emerge. Well, I like your advice, though, Kevin. let's just knock them out pre, and hopefully, we get less to it, less to spray post. That's a good deal.
5: Yeah, yeah. I guess
0: everybody's
5: got a challenge. Just you, just got to do what works for your environment.
0: Yep. And be willing to make a few adjustments too. Hey, we're talking with Kevin Matthews down in North Carolina. Kevin, thank you so much. I you know you're super busy. Really appreciate having you on.
5: All righty. Thank you. Y'all got to stay safe.
0: You bet. You too. I uh, got Garrison Gundy on right now with Valent. Garrison, how you doing?
7: I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. How are you guys?
0: Good. All right. We're talking soybean herbicides today and and we've been quick to point out a lot of these herbicides get used in a variety of different crops. And I think of something like Valor and all the places that that Valor ends up getting used. Super effective chemistry. I know you've done a lot to build off of that. Uh, When we talk soybean weed control, is that where you like to start?
7: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, the farmer before he laid it out perfectly, regardless what your, your herbicide trait package is or what your post options are, we still really have to rely on our pre and residual herbicides. And, yeah, Valor valent is kind of the foundation. Um, and then we build on it with the Fierce brands of adding the fireoxysulfone or the Group 15. And then we have, you know, Fierce MTZ and XLT where we add some more active ingredients there just to overall increase our... our uh, number of weeds that we're controlling so but yeah we like to start with valor um it can really go in front of a lot of different crops whether you're going out in the fall or early spring
0: And hey, i love that you mentioned the fall because that's one that's kind of growing in popularity you guys are seeing you know what i've got some tough winter annuals i got some mare's tail that are out there and and other things uh i love four ounces of valor in the fall garrison i think that's one of my favorite treatments
7: yeah, absolutely. Four ounces of Valor, and and we recommend you know keep those glyphosate or dicamba or some of them burn down products in there as well. Um, Valor is going to do some on the burn down efficacy, but we really recommend having those in there. So,
0: you know, as you look at at uh, Valor and Fierce, uh, I I look at length of control. I look at the variety of weeds that you're trying to get, and I know we've got a lot of listeners here that that have varying tillage practices. Uh, what do you like to see on, on products like Valor and Fierce? What are some tips you've got to, to get the most weed control and, and also the most crop safety too?
7: Yeah, so I think, I think you just need to understand what, what your weed species are. Um, if you have some broad, some large seeded broadleaves, we recommend using something like the XLT or the MTZ. If you're more dealing with the small seeded type broadleaves, we're really just recommending something like a Fierce EZ. We don't need the extra mode of action in there. Um, But, yeah, as far as as crop safety goes, you know, we really want to to time these so that we're getting a really good rainfall to activate these herbicides, regardless of which product from valent you're using.
0: Let's talk post-emerge just a little bit. One product I think doesn't get enough attention is a product called Resource. It's one I've been familiar with for quite a few years. We've utilized it a lot, especially with guys that have velvet leaf, but it's become a pretty good helper for a lot of different weeds out in fields. What do you see with Resource? I know there's a lot of Enlist and uh, Extend type beans getting used now, but uh, we do see Resource getting used in a lot of tank mixes out there for sure.
7: Yeah. Um, I think, you know, for if you have velvet leaf in your field, resource is definitely going to be your go-to herbicide there. Um, as far as some of the tank mixes, we really have seen an increase with both resource and cobra. With both of those PPO herbicides, we've seen an increase of not only speed of control, but just overall control when mixing it with glyphosate and glufosinate. So, you know, the, the more acres that we see with being sprayed with glufosinate in those Liberty systems, we really see an advantage of using something like resource. And then we also, we really recommend our product called Perpetuo. So it's the resource that you're talking about plus the pyroxyl phone. So it gives you that overlapping residual, which really is going to set you up for long season weed control.
0: You know, a couple of things, uh, we had a lot of questions around Select Max when getting tank mixed with an Enlist One or with uh, Extendamax or Ingenia type product. We've been talking to growers saying uh, increase rates on Select Max, and it works really well. What, what have you noticed out there?
7: Yeah, I think, I don't know if it was in your area or not, but we saw a lot of volunteer corn um, this year and I think we're set up to see that again in my geography of Kansas, Nebraska, when we don't have the fall rainfall, we don't get the fall emergence of some of that volunteer corn. And we also don't see the degradation of the seed in the soil because there's no water to break it down. So, you know, last year we had a lot of, of volunteer corn out in our fields and we, yes, we do recommend when you're using some of these bigger tank mixes, we recommend going, you know, up to, definitely over 12 ounces of select max. In most cases, we're now recommending 16. And, you know, we've been recommending when you have fields that are very, very high populations of volunteer corn, we really need to separate those tank mixes and do two applications.
0: I I agree. And then the other thing, Garrison, too, uh, is spray the corn when it's a little smaller. That made a huge difference. Hey, we got to run, Garrison, but really appreciate having you on today. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
4: It changes everything. So says Indiana corn grower Nathan Davis about innovative Zyway LFR fungicide from FMC. Zyway brand fungicides are the first and only at-plant corn fungicides to provide unprecedented, season-long, inside-out foliar disease protection. Discover more grower and retailer success stories at zyway.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions. Just because your combine is one brand doesn't mean its cornhead should be the same,
3: especially when it costs you yield. Drago cornheads are engineered to harvest more. Lowest profile saves ears. Self-adjusting deck plates save kernels. Longer knife rollers reduce trash, and aggressive gathering chains pick up stocks. No other cornhead works like a Drago or pays you back like one.
4: See more features and find your Drago dealer at dragotech.com. Get more durability for less downtime with Soil Warrior Strip Tillage from environmental tillage systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and reduce passes and fuel usage. Now that's ROI. Learn more about ETS at SoilWarrior.com.
8: Pentair Hypro Ultra Low Drift Nozzles are your ideal choice for the Enlist E3 herbicide system. With coverage comparable to flat fans and with 90% less drift, ULD nozzles meet all required standards for Enlist applications and provide optimal performance of contact herbicides. Learn more at Pentair.com Hypro.
0: Welcome listening to Ag PhD Radio. Thanks for joining us today to talk soybean herbicides. Now, as we've said a couple of times already, many of these products we're not just using in soybeans. We're using in a lot of broadleaf crops for sure, uh, but sometimes we're also using some of these in uh, grass crops as well we got Dan Barron with us right now with New Pharma. Dan, you've been in this game for a while. You've seen uh, a lot of these products come and go, but when we talk about soybean herbicides, man, there are some products that have been around for quite a while that have been pretty useful for us and some, some modes of action and active ingredients that we're still using today.
9: Yeah, absolutely. There's two modes of action that continue to put a ton of horsepower in the soil, really on a lot of the key broadleaf weeds, be it kochia or the, the pigweed species, marestail, and and that would be your metribuzin and your PPOs. We really like those two together, um, really flexible compounds. And they cover a really nice wide spectrum and hit on some of those weeds that tend to give soybean programs headaches.
0: You know, you mentioned metribuzin, and sometimes I'll talk to guys, I think micronutrients kind of get this in the fertility program, too, where it's like, oh, it's such a low rate, maybe it's not such a big deal, you know, we're not spending very many dollars on metribuzin, maybe maybe I don't need that, but man, for a few bucks, you're really getting a lot of weed control there. It
9: really does help out so many programs. You know, I mentioned the PPOs, be it Panther, Ballard, you know, the authority brands, that metribuzin really kicks in and plays well on the pigweed species as well as maristails. So uh, it's a really uh, a small investment, but it really rounds out a lot of the pre-programs.
0: You know, when you think about broadleaf control in soybeans, that's really where it's all at. If we don't do a good job and get a good start to the year, uh, we, we just don't have success, and we have a year like this year where guys saw, uh, man, we were dry early in many parts of the country, and we just didn't get to crop canopy, and we saw how important those pre's have been for us all the way through. What's your recommend, recommendation on timing? I know for us a lot of times if we're going to do something that's got a yellow in, and we've got to incorporate lightly, we, we want to get out there and get that going right before we're getting planting, but some of these products could be laid on right afterwards too. Do do you see a big difference on that in terms of how long those products last? Uh, I would assume that probably depends on a lot of factors.
9: Yeah, it really does. You know, a lot of times there's regional things that come into play as well as, you know, likelihood of moisture tillage versus no-till, but uh, gosh, most of the good soybean programs have decent flexibility if you want to run Seven to 14 days pre-plant would probably be about it, but a lot of them, boy, if you can put it down pre, um, right after planting, if you got the flexibility to to chase the planters and stay ahead of that, you're really going to extend your residual, and then if you want to come back in and later uh, post-emerge residual and really have flexibility in your timing for your post-chemistry, be it enlist, extend, that starts to build in flexibility and round out your soybean herbicide program.
0: You know, one of the things that we brought this up real briefly uh, last segment, we were talking about putting out those PPOs in the fall. And if you do, you got a shot to mix a 2,4-D or a dicamba or a combo 2,4-D dicamba product to really heat things up and smoke some of those fall germinating weeds away. Talk to us about some success in that and, and just some strategies you might use.
9: Right, so really where that's taken off in the past few years, we've got a lot of guys using flumey in the western Plains states, and by that I mean the Dakotas, uh, Kansas, Nebraska, and their key weed that drives a lot of that is, is kochia, so the panther or plays really well, and you catch that before it germinates in the late winter, early spring, and that's one of those tough ones that maybe some of the other uh, post products aren't the greatest on, and, and one that really can give soybean product uh, programs headaches if you don't catch it early. So the, the flume in the fall really plays well in some of those geographies. Now we've seen that kind of be adopted to a few other areas in the more traditional uh, Midwest where they're battling marestail, and the same kind of approach works really well.
0: Yeah, I love, anytime we talk about killing kochia, that just makes my day, Dan. <laughs> it makes me really happy. <laughs> in fact, I got a neighbor that had just a, a little sprayer skip in the corner of a field. The kochia is still standing out there because he's got to wait for a frost to to knock that out, and he got everything else harvested. So that's it's a tough weed for anybody who hasn't experienced kochia. You know, just let us know. We can we can probably find some seed and, and send it out because that's that's no fun at all. Hey, we're talking with Dan Barron here good. with with New Farm and and uh, kochia killing machine, Dan. Thanks for the tips. We appreciate it.
9: You bet. You bet. Keep those tumbleweeds under control before uh, the wind starts blowing.
0: <laughs> that's for sure. No doubt about it. Well, we want to kill weeds and soybeans, and that's uh, a big topic today. But we're also taking calls and questions at 844-44 AG PHD. And we got one right now from Jason down in Louisiana. How's it going, Jason?
10: Doing fine. How are you guys?
0: Not too bad, not too bad. Uh, we're talking weed control today. What what's the problem weed for you guys in Louisiana?
10: So we've got um, Italian ryegrass has caused us a lot of problems. Uh, we've been trying to tackle it in the fall with uh, a fall burn down of some sort, putting out a pre to try to keep it from coming up, and just kind of wondering what you guys thought about uh, Italian ryegrass.
1: Uh, what crop are we talking about here, Jason? Um
10: uh, or corn, either one.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I was worried it was going to be some exotic crop, but uh, uh, anyway.
0: Well, we do have rice, too.
1: So. <laughs> now, why
0: don't you stump him, Jason? Give him, like, sugar cane or something something strange. How about how about an artichokes, Brian? That would be a fun one. No, yeah. We'll just keep throwing different crops at him.
1: Okay, so soybeans, I... Yeah. Quite frankly, don't worry about it as much there because we do have a number of options that, I mean, I'm not going to say any one thing is going to be phenomenal, but if you do several things, you're going to be in pretty good shape. So what we would what we generally advise is starting with a yellow, trifluralin, prowl, or sondaland, following early post-emerge with a group 15 to give some residual, and then the third thing is just coming with any of the... Uh, So basically something like select max or I mean just any of those those weed killers um, that that would target grass species. And, yes, Italian ryegrass is tough, but if you did all three of those things, you're in pretty good shape. And then on top of that, if it happens to be Roundup ready, then you can spray Roundup. Uh, there's also Liberty that's not great, but at least it will burn it back. So you do have a number of options there that we don't necessarily have in, in other crops. In corn, usually it's Group 15, it's Roundup, it's Liberty, and, I mean, those are those are the main things. So I, I'm assuming you've done a bunch of that, uh, but I mean, what 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 are what are your thoughts? Um, have are there some of those things I mentioned that maybe you haven't done yet, or or maybe have you not used full rates on certain things? I'm just I'm curious what's been your success with some of these different products that I may have mentioned.
10: So maybe start with what our success has not been. Okay. And we've got we've got roundup resistant yep. and we have got cleft cleft resistant italian ryegrass
7: yep things. yep
10: so we're we're running into a, a pretty big issue with it and uh you know i was just wondering if uh Zitua would be better than Matula
1: Chlor, or if you think it would be about the same or i don't, I don't or think out of the yellow yeah I don't the yellow spits Sure. Okay. So I don't think you're going to see a lot of difference from one group 15 to the next. The big thing is making sure you're using the full rates. Uh, Could Zidua be slightly better? Yeah, it's certainly possible. And with the yellows, they're they're absolutely going to give you some activity. And I, I mean, we would consider typically the yellows better than the group 15s. But obviously the yellows you're only using in soybeans. Group 15s, you could use in both corn or beans.
10: Yeah. And the yellows is something we've really gotten away away from over the years. I can remember back yep. early in my time, my dad used to use it back, way back, but now it just doesn't use it anymore. And yep. Maybe it's something we need to go back to. I'm
1: let me, not sure. uh, Well, let me ask you this, and maybe you can answer your own question, Jason. And just real quick, because we only have a few seconds left here. Uh, did your dad have much problem with Italian ryegrass?
10: no back in the day
1: we did not <laughs> yep and there you go that's a lot of the okay. people that have gotten away from the yellows they're now having weed problems that the yellows would take care of so it does kind of make sense that'd be our number one suggestion for you okay well, i appreciate it you bet yep thanks for calling jason good luck down there talking
0: soybean weed control using herbicides on today's program and our phone lines are open at 844 44 AGPHD. phd we'll be right back
2: Compromise is nice When it comes to mites in your field, you can't afford a solution that might work. That's why there's ZealPro Miticide from Valent USA. With next level knockdown and long residual control, you can be sure to handle spider mites at all stages of life with complete certainty. With efficient translaminar activity, apply by ground or air and confidently attack mites where they are. Make ZealPro the definitive answer to your mite problem. Visit valent.com slash zealpro to learn more. Always read and follow label instructions.
8: The value of your farm building is in its ability to protect what's stored inside. That's why Morton Buildings ensures that every machine storage and insulated workshop we build will provide superior strength and durability. As a 100% employee-owned company, we're all committed to being the industry leader with a focus on innovation, service, quality, and most importantly, customer satisfaction. To get started on your next project, please visit mortonbuildings.com.
0: Welcome back. You're listening to AgPHD Radio Talking Soybean Herbicides. Our phone lines are open as well for your calls and questions at 844-44 AGPHD. Got Bill Verbaton with us right now with FMC. Bill, how's it going today? Can't complain. Life is good. Yourself? Oh, it's going well too. We're uh, we're rocking and rolling here with Harvest. It's kind of fun when stuff comes off the field and you see some of the results, but there's a few weeds out in a couple of these fields, especially where guys didn't get crop canopy as early as they'd want. So I know there's some fall weed control talk here, but also just some guys looking to adjust the the program for their soybeans for next year. So what what do we need to know, Bill? Where where should we start?
6: Well, when it comes to weed control and, herb, and uh, soybeans, uh, early and often is really the name of the game with, um, with those herbicides. And the more modes of action we can get out that um, – you know, our weeds aren't resistant to the better off we're going to be. And so, I mean, you know, our approach to the market, at, you know, early season is, you know, a sulfetrazone base and a lot of pyroxysulfone as its uh, dance partner, so to speak. And, you know, when weeds are even under really high pressure, we'll add a little metribuzin or an ALS chemistry and follow that with some more uh, pyroxysulfone with our post product but we even got guys going out uh, in the next few weeks with some residual chemistry um and so um with their fall burn down so yeah it's early and often and you know just keep mixing it
0: up to stay ahead of
6: these weeds because you're better off never seeing them
0: yeah. and that's that's the big challenge it's just getting people to spray bare dirt to keep it bare yeah, that's, that's exactly right. If we can stop them in the ground, that's nice. I, think, I like a lot of what you said there, Bill, when you talk about multiple effective modes of action. We just had a caller that was talking about Italian ryegrass and I uh, certainly got some effective things there. Then you look at these winter annuals, these fall germinating weeds. Uh, there, There's some challenges out there. So, you know, in our part of the world, there are, are there is a small percentage, but a growing percentage of guys doing fall treatments. But Primarily, it's these spring treatments, and length of control is one of the, the big things that we talk about a lot with the uh, uh, sulfentrazone products, like authority-based products. Uh, talk to us about that a little bit, about how, how do you get season-long control? I know you like that that second layer when you come back with the Pulse Emerge too.
11: Yeah.
6: And so really, it's all about, uh, you know, understanding the strengths and weaknesses of of each molecule. So sulfetrizone, that thing just takes a long time to to break down in the soil. So it's got a really long half-life. And that's part of where, you know, even if you got guys going out with Spartan Charge this fall, um, or, you know, one of the authority-based products in the spring, it's a good foundation for it. Um, And then, again, you, um, when you pair it up with, you know, a product like pyroxysulfone, that's a group 15 that lasts for a really long time. Um, it also has a really long half-life. And if you compare it to, you know, the s the acetochlores, and the dimethetamids of the world, the molecule is just a little different. And um, But what that really means for the grower is, uh, you know, they may all be cousins as far as herbicides out there, but some of those molecules, um, you know, just like some people in our family are a little better at some things than others. They're just... Uh, the molecules just last a little bit longer, and so most folks, if they can do two applications of residual chemistries um, in the spring within 28 days of each other, that's a great foundation. Um, you know, some folks are playing around with a third application with residual chemistry in season, but you know, if you can get two modes of action in two different applications, and maybe that third mode of action up front, um, that that's really where the folks are, are, are set up for the most success in my experience.
0: You know, when you mentioned, you mentioned getting that post-emerge product out, not too late. <laughs> and that, that sometimes gets yep. to be the trick. And we, we always tell guys just err on the side of being too early or rather than being too late if you if you aren't sure you can get it done on time especially the guys that have a lot of acres to cover uh what do you think about that i guess what's your strategy because some some of the guys in, in your geography uh thinking about wisconsin illinois iowa i mean there's there's some pretty good sized farms out there yeah
6: and so yeah so kind of working through those examples i mean you get into wisconsin Authority first was kind of, you know, the standard bearer for years on the FMC side of things. And, you know, we got ragweed up here and that's a good strategy for that. But pairing that with, you know, our Anthem Max chemistry kind of simplifies a pre and post program because you can start off with, you know, a couple ounces, two and a half ounces with that authority first up front. And then you come back, you know, with that bare soil, uh, you know, three, not quite four weeks later, um, kind of simplifies, um you know that decision for the grower and the nice thing is there you're you're overlapping with when that water's activating uh, the pyroxyn cell phone and the cadet you're going to pick up a little bit of lamb's quarter and velvet leaf control um as well and yeah it's i think that is one of the hardest things we've had to convince people over the years um to spray bare dirt um i i grew up in the northern part of the state and historically it was a one pass early post and that's just how it was and so when you start breaking down the yield losses to guys with okay let's wait until you know v3 v4 to control the weeds and you start looking at the university data and people's own experiences um you know they say pain is the best teacher at times um that's i think what really gets folks to shift is uh you know when they actually experience that yield loss you know then people are a little more willing to do things differently so we're trying to get people to make the shift without the pain you know let's uh Let's just go to that more progressive program and and not have the yield loss on the back end, especially with um, you know some of the commodity prices we've had the opportunity to take advantage of.
0: So. Yeah, that pain can be really painful at these prices, no doubt about that. I was speaking with Bill Verbaton here with FMC. Bill, great advice. Really appreciate having you on. Thank you. Well, thank you for the opportunity, and you all have a great day. You bet. You as well. Got Mark Storr with us right now with BASF and Mark, uh, uh, Bill was talking about these pre's and just not seeing weeds that come up and I wish that we didn't have any weeds coming up in the soybean fields. It would be a lot easier.
11: It would, (laughs) but that's (laughs) not the way it works.
0: (laughs) Hey, I wanted to ask you, what have you learned about Ingenia? Now, you've had it out for a number of years. It's working well, and certainly guys have tried it in a lot of different situations and and under a lot of different weather conditions, those types of things. How do you get the most out of that?
11: Well, like anything, uh, key is uh, application timing, Uh, the limitation with uh, Ingenia. You know, we have some additive restrictions, right? So we can't, use ammonium sulfate uh, as a part of the tank mix. So you do lose a little of the uptake uh, with uh, Ingenia. Uh, so in order to make it work better, you know, we, we wanted to make sure we're applying it at the right time. And and generally when you're dealing with broadleaf weeds, the smaller they are, the more likely we're going to get uh, good efficacy. So that's what I usually target is that three to four inch tall weeds. That's what the label specifies and, Zero in on that range and and make sure you're using the right nozzles, getting adequate coverage. And uh, it's really been probably one of the best answers or solutions for uh, tough weeds like water hemp.
0: Totally agree. And and you look at guys that are used to have sprayed Roundup for many years, and they always wanted to wait too long rather than spray too early because it didn't have any residual when you got a little bit of residual, a little bit of reach back on something like Ingenia, you can err on the side of being out there a week too early rather than a couple of weeks too late.
11: Absolutely. And I think that's a lot of the uh, misconceptions about Dicamba and products like Ingenia. And particularly when you deal with the growth regulators as a whole, you know, we look at the benzoic acids, which Dicamba is a part of that family. And then we deal with the 2-4-Ds of the world. And basically what you're going to find is there's a big difference in the amount of soil activity that those uh, products have, you know, in the world of 24D, you know, we talk about 24D amine, having more soil activity compared to a 24D LVE, but even so, there's really no comparison uh, with a level of soil activity, and so we are seeing people, I think, make a shift, you know, uh, looking at dicamba as a part of a maybe a planned pre in in some uh, scenarios, whether it's a burn down market where they're, you know, in a lot of no-till, struggling with winter annual weeds uh, like hen bed and so forth. Uh, Obviously, we're very good on products like that as well. So, you know, I think we may see a shift as time goes on. There are some regulatory hurdles to get past, and we'd love to introduce Ingenia Prime, which we've had in the regulatory uh, group for some period of time. And we're hoping to uh, get registration for an enhanced pre-emerge product, uh, which will allow oh, us yeah. to use it as a pre. And I think uh, well, we can see some huge
0: benefits to that. It's huge for, for guys in our geography, too, Mark, where we've got a lot of reduced till. And you mentioned some of these tough weeds, too. Uh, no doubt. Look forward to having those extra tools. Uh, this is Mark Store with BASF. Mark, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
3: There's a new kind of crop protection in your territory, and it's always on the hunt. Howler Fungicide unleashes multiple modes of action for proven, broad-spectrum protection against soil-borne and foliar diseases. Start protecting your territory at agbiome.com howler.
4: Did you know 20% of stored corn is often overventilated by three points of moisture? On 100,000 bushels, that's a whole semi-load. Stop this problem for less with the end zone for corn from Farm Shop MFG, specially priced at $1,800 per unit while supplies last. It's planting season. Race against
3: the clock season. Mistakes can't happen season. And no one helps you face it all like John Deere. Putting technology in your hands that gets you in and out of the field faster, that makes your spacing and depth more accurate, and that gives you the confidence that this season will be your best season. See what you have to
0: gain at johndeerecom gameground Ag PhD has one mission: to give you the knowledge you need to make your farm more successful. That's why every issue of the Ag PhD Insider magazine features crop fertility and pest management tips insights into the world's highest yielding farmers, updates and results from our in-field research trials, as well as the latest agronomy information from Brian and Darren Hefty. We put it all in one place so you can make your farm more productive and profitable. Subscribe to the AgPHD Insider at agphdinsider.com.
2: It takes balance to be successful in farming, because what you get out of it depends on what you put in, and Corteva AgriScience gets that.
0: Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio talking soybean herbicides today. And I know we haven't found a single one that just answers every problem out there in one application. It just isn't going to happen. It's not going to work out that way. You've got to use an approach with multiple effective modes of action. Uh, Bill verbatim had a good comment. He said, you got to be willing to spray bare dirt. And then when it comes to soybeans, you got to be willing to spray early and you got to be willing to spray often, more than one application. And I think those tips are all right on the money. Uh, I got Ron Geis with us right now with Corteva to talk a little more about soybean herbicides. Ron, how are you doing?
11: Doing
8: just great. How are you doing, Darren?
0: Doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. All right, so we got a lot of the big things out of the way here that uh, there's no silver bullet. <laughs> so uh, when you talk yeah. about soybean herbicides, what, what do you find, Ron? Are people still looking for that silver bullet, or are they kind of coming to reality that, all right, it's going to take a few different things?
8: Well, I, I, I would like to say that they're there. I, I You know, we keep trying. The one shot does it all, and it keeps disappointing us. And that's not, that hasn't changed in the 40 years I've been doing this. I don't think it's going to change anytime soon.
0: Well, that's what I worried about when uh, Enlist Soybeans came out. I thought, oh no, here comes another uh, silver bullet. I mean, not that the industry is claiming that at all, but certainly uh, some guys are going to say, well, man, I'll just do that post-emerge. That'll wipe out everything. And it's a great herbicide, no doubt about it. But man, it's not going to kill everything season long. Right.
8: And you know how that story ends. Uh, Just, trace the clock back 20 years ago and look where we are today. Exactly. Um, we can just move the clock ahead, and it's it's going to show the same thing if we don't have the responsibility of using those multiple modes and multiple applications, uh, and and maybe even some things that get away from chemistry altogether, like, uh, you know, what are you doing with your residue? What are you doing with your chaff? Um, you know, are we going to spread all those weed seeds across the whole platform? Or why not? Put all the weed seeds in one small spot. You know, those, those are the types of innovations and things that we need to really turn our attention to if we want to continue to have a longevity out of the herbicides that we're, you know, that we've got to work with.
0: You know, when you think about, uh, I mentioned Enlist, and, and I look at that chemistry as, as uh, being really nice. It stays where it's put, uh, controls a lot of different weeds. You can mix a bunch of different things with it if you need a little extra boost. Uh, I I like that quite a bit. And I know with the pre's, you put a few different modes of action out pre, you time it right post, uh, you're pretty good. Uh, What what do you see? What are the flaws in that? Or what, what are some other things I need to be thinking about?
8: One other thing you need to think about is when you put your enlist, when you make that post-emerge application, we need to add more residual herbicide at that point in time. Now,
6: that residual
8: doesn't have um, effect on weeds that are up. That's, that's your enlist. That's your second broadleaf mode of action that we'd put with the enlist. That would be either the, typically either the glyphosate or the Liberty. And, uh, and then we also want residual at that point to extend that residual uh, closer to row closure.
0: All right. That that post-emerge residual is one this year that I know some guys in the drought areas, they said, man, I put it out and it didn't rain. And I don't really have an answer Mm -hmm. for that. I can't make it rain. All I can say is get it out as early as you possibly can. Buy yourself more time to catch that rain. Uh, Do you have any better tips to that?
8: Well, in part in what you're saying is allow yourself enough time. That means When we spray our post-emerge application, we don't want to wait for those weeds to get 8 or 12 inches tall. For one thing, you you may not be happy with knocking those down in the first place. But the second thing is now you've got your residual out there so late and new weeds coming so quickly that our initial pre-emerge herbicide is long, long gone by that point. I want to have my post-emerge quick enough that I still have a little bit of my pre-emerge hanging on. So the weeds that want to emerge the day after I spray, well, my initial pre-emerge is still giving me, you know, 60 or 70% kill from the application, let's say, four weeks or five weeks uh, sooner sure. to help us out waiting for that, that next rain to come.
0: Yeah, I think that's a big deal. We don't want one to run out before we get the next one on. Otherwise, we got a, a window of time that things aren't good. The other thing around this year, the guys that were in narrower row beans in the dry areas were pretty happy. They got crop closure a lot quicker okay. yep. and the the cover crop guys that had uh, choked out a lot of those early mm-hmm. weeds, they had a pretty decent year too, the way it seemed.
8: Yeah, so let's let's bridge, bridge together where we talked to you the last five minutes and let, let me let me kind of throw one at you you've always been kind of a common sense guy darren i don't know
0: don't ask, don't ask don't ask brian that but yes
8: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay so you mentioned the narrow rows and that's great and i yet you and i run into farmers uh, i've got a 30 inch row planter so i can't plant narrow rows all right let me let me bounce one off of you where are most of your weed problems Um, Most farmers will say, well, you know, most of my pressure is on the outside round. Okay, you've got a 30-inch row planter. Cut your population back in half. Go down, plant that 30-inch row, move over 15 inches, and go back. Now I've got the same plant population only in 15-inch rows on the spot that needs it the most use that same mentality as I'm planting and and applying my pre-emerge herbicide. So I'm just gonna use my example of Kyber. We typically spray uh, our product Kyber at one pint per acre, but the maximum use rate is 1.5 pints per acre. Okay, when I'm spraying those heavy areas, heavy weed areas, let's take that full 1.5 pints on the areas that need it the most. And then, you know, the pint for the rest
0: Oh, shoot. Did we just lose Ron? You still there, Ron? Oh, no. (laughs) I think we lost it. But I can kind of finish up on his point there, Brian. We 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 talk about that a lot. We talk a lot about uh, using maximum rates on end rows, around uh, waterways, historical problem areas. that plus making an extra
1: trip. What we do on our farm is we make an early post trip, like a super early post trip, and that's it. So, anyway, yeah, I'd just say, it it is important hitting those problem areas and he does make a good point too with the population thing, but I, I and cutting that back and then and then doing split row in effect. But I'll throw one other thing out at you. What we're doing on the outside, at least couple of rows, and you could do it for probably three or four rows maybe, is bumping the population in corn because we found we're getting a lot higher yields there.
0: Yeah, catch more sunlight and, and have a little fuller canopy too. Now, great tips there. That was Ron Geis with Corteva. Uh, Brian, I wanted to get to this uh, mailbag question though before we, we finish up today. We got Josh in southwest Nebraska and he said, all right guys, you keep saying that uh, that you're not going to use the yellows in corn, but we are. We're using prowl post-emergent corn all the time we're just adding it right in when we're spraying our status and it is labeled so two questions for you number one why aren't you using prowl and corn and why don't you recommend that two uh, do you ever worry about brittle stems in soybeans from prowl is that a real concern
1: okay we do have a couple minutes left so i got time to answer this first of all in corn prowl's too hard on corn. No possible chance I'm using that. Now, the later in the year you use it, the less hard it's going to be. And here's, but it's and, going to hurt your And roots. here's
0: the thing, Josh. Dig up your corn roots, clean them off very well with water, and take a yep. look at them. You often see nubbed up roots, swollen up roots up towards the top in the top couple inches. Yep. That's, that's what we're worried
1: about. Yep. So no way, no how will I ever recommend prowling corn. You'll never see it. You'll never hear it. No way. Too hard on the corn. Uh, in terms of brittle stems in beans from prowl, our our concern is this, north of Interstate 80, it is not labeled for you to do prowl after planting, pre-emerge. And the reason why is because what can happen is you can get ex- an excessive rain just at the point when the plant's about to come out of the ground. You get too much prowl into that plant right at that point. And then it's possible that, yes, you could end up with a brittle stem later, stem... Breaks off, plant falls on the ground. We've rarely ever seen that. We don't see that in no-till. But even so, if you're north of I-80, you can't do prowl pre-emerge after planting. You can do it before planting. And you might say, well, there's not a lot of difference there. Well, yeah, but there's enough difference. You have more time to get the rain on before this whole thing can go wrong. And we really like all yellows incorporated, if possible, because we get better early season weed control and that's the other thing when we talk prowling corn you can't do it super early and you definitely cannot work it in
0: hey thanks for the question Josh we really appreciate that uh, I had a fun discussion today talking about weed control and soybeans and various soybean herbicides that that we use if you have any questions again just radio at agphd.com thanks for listening to today's program be sure to join us again each weekday for more agphd radio